How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free, at least as much as I can on this Tuesday, where many of us watch with our jaws drop in amazement at some of the names and the choices that our current president, Donald Trump, is making and putting forth uh, for his cabinet. The most recent confirmation came earlier today when Betsy DeVos was confirmed as education secretary, and it was 50-50. We had a two a GOP, and may I add, women that had the guts and the spine to stand apart from their party and listen to the will of the people and care about the children in their district. And those were Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, and she clearly said on social media all over the place when she was asked why in interviews The reason she changed her vote from yay to nay was because the people did not want Betsy DeVos to be heading up education for the United States. Pretty much the same up in Maine, totally opposite uh, districts in the state of Maine where Susan Collins broke apart uh, from the GOP and her party. But with a 50-50 vote, Mike Pence, the vice president, made a historic tie-breaking vote. It's happened before, but let's talk now about what happens in the future. Many of us have fears. I'm a mother of an 8- and 9-year-old in the state of California, and I think those fears are justified. We're bringing back on the program more than a pleasure to have back Randy Weingarten. Ms. Weingarten is president of the 1.6 million member American Federation of Teachers, you know, the AFT. She's been president since 2008. Now, the AFT represents pre-K through 12th grade teachers, paraprofessionals, other school support staff, by the way, higher education faculty and staff nurses and other healthcare professionals, as well as state and local government employees. So it's not just teachers. And I You know, more than a pleasure to have her with us. Unfortunately, I was hoping that somebody in the GOP would listen to the will of the people. Sadly, they did not. Randy Weingarten, welcome back to the program. Yeah, it's a sad, it's a, I mean, it's both a sad moment, but a movement is now brewing. And, you know, what you're seeing is that the public and public education has never been more visible or more vocal and we're not going back in the shadows. And we've seen this. Now, we talked about this yesterday. People from rural towns to urban centers, from liberals to conservatives, they are the fierce fighters for our children. And for a president who said he is going to listen to the will of the people, you know, he has decided to pick and choose how he uses populism. This is clearly the people telling him and telling our senators that 
we need and want public education, not privatized alternatives and not a secretary who is overtly hostile to it and who has no real connection or understanding of what children need. And that's what today's vote was about, and those two brave Republican senators um, were astounding and amazing, and all 48 Democrats stayed together, and it took Mike Pence in an unprecedented way to break that tie. The Trump administration is not listening to people in America. You know, I saw outside of Republican offices, uh, you know, via television and online, hundreds, if not thousands, of people protesting against this women, and they were clearly woman, and they were clearly not all Democrats. No. Um, you know, because some of these are very red states or red districts, and you know, th- those senators uh, remained silent and did not have the guts of two women, two broads, if you will, moms, um, who really cared about uh, their voters, the people that elected them, their bosses, if you will, their employers, the uh, voters who their constituents put them in that place. There are so many things that I fear as a parent with this woman. Um, let, let's talk about a couple of things here. Some people say this was really big in, uh, regarding politics today, and I. I do, because I think you probably agree with me, Randy, that this wasn't about an education system that they view as broken and fixing it. This was about continuing to demonize unions and trying to dismantle unions such as the AFT, especially when you look at education, correct? Well, I think what this is, is last, last year, 85 senators voted to fix public education. Uh, the bipartisan vote for the new federal law that, you know, was, was what, what, what both Lamar Alexander and President Obama cheered was about fixing education, bringing it back to the localities, listening to the collective wisdom of those closest to children, their parents and their teachers, and listening to children itself and stopping with the fixation on testing and yet, you know, ensuring that we had data that would improve instruction. All that got played out a year ago. What this was about is total complete politics, which is about demonizing that which provides the only broad access to opportunity in America. And and when they, you know, when Betsy DeVos stumbled, her first, the first answer of the billionaires that were supporting her and the um, Trump administration, not just conservatives, Trump administration and the Jeb Bushes of the world that were supporting her is, you know, all they, you know, they, they demonize teachers as opposed to listening to people. This is about trying to pocket the money that goes into public education to have it go for private uses. It's not about, you know, parents having options. If it was about that, she would have been much more averse on what, you know, parents need and what children need, which she's clearly uninformed about. It's all about just trying to privatize and defund the only opportunity that, that is responsible for all children in America, and that's public education. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm a product of public education, and my husband as well, and I think we've done okay for ourselves, and, and so have the vast majority of, <laughs> of, of, yeah, so the vast majority of Americans. And, and that's something that 90%. bothers me. 90%. Right. That's 90%. The, that is the thing that bothers me. Okay, certainly there are some cogs in the wheel or broken portions. I live in L.A., L.A. Unified. There are some schools that need some help and some, yep. you know, improvement. Here, Detroit, 
But overwhelmingly, in the United States, the majority of children in this country go to public school. The majority of parents like the education, are happy with the education, and and find it above par, and that it's meeting the needs of their children. What about the choice of the overwhelming majority? This is not about choice. Absolutely. And frankly, every person who's elected to some kind of public office has a responsibility to provide a viable public education choice with the public tax dollars to all children. And there are lots and lots of fantastic choices at the same time. You know, there's a lot of fantastic public schools. At the same time, we have to focus like a laser on those that don't work. And we actually know what to do these days. We need to focus on children's well-being. We need to engage in powerful and engaged learning like project-based instruction. We need to train um, our workforce like those countries that outperform us do, um, as opposed to simply throwing them the keys and saying, go do it. And we need to have collaborative cultures that create safe and welcoming environments. That's what good schools do, whether they are in urban areas or rural areas or suburban areas. And so instead of actually rolling up our sleeves and doing that for all kids, you know, the austerity hawks, meaning the people that don't want to spend money on schools, the privatizers, meaning the people who want to just pocket the money for for for-profit or virtual schools or, you know, roboticized schools, they have to demonize schools in order and, 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 destroy them in order to, 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 you know, get these private reckless alternatives listed. That's what we're seeing here. That's what they're trying to do. So every single day you're going to hear them start their sentences saying, public education is terrible because trashing public education in order to do this kind of privatization. This was the profit the privatizers and the people who want to make money off of kids having their day. And the public got it, and that's why there was this uproar. You know, speaking of uproar, God forbid she does get her way, and the future is the way she looks at it, because life can't just be a voucher in a charter school um, or, you know, any private school institution. And I think what she would like is everybody to, you know, homeschool and, you know, the Bible to be the, you know, academic uh, uh, reference. The, the problem is, if you just look at the facts, kids that are in um, you know, more impoverished areas or kids that are in rural areas or kids that just don't meet the, you know, academic standard of some of these private institutions out there that may come up. That, that's one of the issues, which is, is access to money. Uh, you know, a voucher isn't going to cover everything. And again, you're leaving the lower income and the poor uh, behind. And then three, access. One of the reasons we see people in Alaska and Maine going crazy is, you know, if you lose a public school system, you, you, use, you lose the public transportation that's attached to that school system. There are a lot of us out there who work every day and need our children to go to that bus stop to get on that, that bus. And we know they're safe. And we know that the teachers are educated to teach our children. So what you're doing is you're arguing what all of us know, which is the complexities of what public education does every single day to assure that every child has access to what we hope is a high-quality um, ladder of opportunity, and that we perform a custodial function as well as an education function. And, and, and schools in rural areas, there was one Alaskan parent who said, look, our public school may be the only thing that we have 
that has heat in a community. It is the center of community. It is the bedrock of democracy. It is what a vulnerable child and, par- and a parent of a vulnerable child knows that that that, that child and that school system has the responsibility for that child. Nothing like that happens in private education. And, and the facts are exactly what you said. That's why vouchers have not worked for kids. That's why in some places, like in Nevada, where they have a super voucher program, the, the people who have used it most are the people who already had their kids in private schools, who already had the money to do that. So that's why what we're seeing in all these kind of vouchers and private alternatives, like the for-profit charters, all they are are weapons to defund public education. They have not, in 25 years, created broad-based opportunity. And I say that as someone who runs a charter that has a 100% graduation rate of a, 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 a public charter, unionized teachers, who's done very well. They should be incubators. They should be helpful to kids. But, that's what we, but, but we need to have public education. I agree. I hear that you have another conference call that you have to go to, and we've kept you over. I have a qu- Can I ask one more question? If sure, not, sure, sure. Okay. The, today, the New Republic, just six hours ago, posted the battle against Betsy DeVos doesn't end today. I'm sure you agree with that. Can you tell Absolutely. us what are some of the first steps for you as president of the AFT with regard to this decision? So first, the first thing I want to say is that so many of your listeners, so many people across the country, five million people made phone calls to the switchboard and Senate. So the first thing is I'm so inspired by the people who have stood up for their kids, for our country, for the bedrock of democracy, for the value, for the aspiration of public education. And a huge thank you is in order. But look, just like the Tea Party, and they did it in, I think, for negative reasons, we will be the Tea Party for children. There is an army of people that have now been awoken to fighting for something that we took for granted, public education for our children. And so this is day one of a new fight that holds the Trump administration responsible and accountable for that which it does to our children. And we will fight that fight. Every single day, if they do things that was, uh, that are wrong, you have the checks and balances of we the people out there making that fight. That's the fight for democracy. It's the fight for opportunity, and I'm honored to be a soldier in that fight. And I, Leslie Marshall, am honored to be with you on that, Ms. Weingarten. Thank you, uh, the president of the... Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you. uh, President of the American Federation of Teachers. You're talking about 1.6 million members strong. Uh, Follow her on Twitter, at rweingarten, R-W-E-I-N-G-A-R-T-E-N. Follow the AFT, at AFT Union. Check out their website, AFT.org. Find out more about what they do. Find out how much they are doing and have done and continue to do and will fight to do for our children. And also find out how you can help. I'm Leslie Marshall. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have another guest joining us coming up. Do we guys or no? We're talking about this, right? Okay, we're opening up the phone lines here on this Tuesday. Betsy DeVos never has a vote been this close. Never for this position has a VP had to step in and break a tie because there's never been a tie. 
I don't know about you, but if you practically cheat to get over the finish line, did you win the race? Who's going to lose? I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join me. 888-6LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Your take, your reaction to Betsy DeVos now heading up education and perhaps dismantling education as we know it in America. What do you think? 888-6LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Back after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Not a happy day for Democrats, not a happy day for teachers, for any parents out there who have their kids in the public school system or our children. Betsy DeVos was confirmed as Education Secretary. Vice President Mike Pence cast the historic tie-breaking vote. Uh, That was in order to confirm her as the next Education Secretary. The Senate was evenly divided over the controversial pick, with two Republicans jumping to the side of Democrats, Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Republican Susan Collins of Maine. Throughout the fight, Democrats argued they needed just one more vote to lure away another Republican vote. But Senate Republican leaders succeeded in delivering a victory to Donald Trump. This was a confirmation fight very few expected to become as tough as it did. Um, When we look at first cabinet confirmations um, of uh, different presidents, by this time, February 7th, during George W. Bush's administration, Everyone was confirmed except for Homeland Security Secretary. For Barack Obama, everyone was confirmed. And by the way, that was because the Homeland Security Secretary had not been uh, nominated. For Barack Obama at this time, everyone was confirmed except Secretary of Defense he had not announced. And there were three that they were giving a hard time to for those that say, oh, Democrats are just giving a hard time for political reasons. Well, Republicans did the same, you might say. Secretary of Commerce, Secretary for Health and Human Services, and Secretary of Labor, as you know, was uh, Tom Perez. All of those confirmations were not yet confirmed by this time, although they were nominated. But for Donald Trump, uh, Treasury Secretary, Agriculture, Attorney General, Commerce, Defense, uh, excuse me, Commerce, not yet confirmed. Defense, Education, Homeland Security, Transportation, and the VA. And uh, Secretary of State confirmed. Others, not yet confirmed. I'm Leslie Marshall. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. Call me at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What's this woman going to do to education as we know it? We are back. 
back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join me here on the only true democracy in talk radio of for and by you, the people. We're going to get to your calls if you're holding. Join us if you haven't, and I have some questions. Betsy DeVos was confirmed as Education Secretary. 50-50 vote. Two Republicans broke ranks. Collins and Murkowski and the Vice President cast a historic tie-breaking vote today. One, is this the GOP proving they're spineless? 8886-LESLIE. Is this the GOP proving they're afraid of Donald Trump? 8886-LESLIE. And is this the GOP showing they care more about their party and politics than their constituents and our children and our kids' education? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. There were numerous GOP senators whose offices were flooded with calls against this woman and protest outside of their offices. Will we see seats flip in the midterm? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is having someone with so little experience going to hurt our children and our educational system? And how? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What do you think about vouchers? 8886-LESLIE. And what do you think about charter schools? 888-653-7543. Now, Betsy DeVos says she's about choice. But what about the choice of the parents who choose public education, who choose public schools, and are happy with the public education in the public school system their child attends? 8886, you might be one of those, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is this Trump appointment just confirmation that the GOP is out to de-unionize America? especially in our public school system. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And what is your concern about Betsy DeVos in this position? 8886-LESLIE, some people say she got what she paid for. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Kate Keith on line five, give us a buzz back. Don't know where you were calling from, but sorry, your phone went out, buddy. So that means David in Tucson, Arizona on line three wins by default to come up first. Hey, David, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, in answer to your three questions, um, I think that pretty much proves all three of them, you know. <laughs> They knew two two votes would not hurt them, so they probably picked those two people, those two Republicans, to vote against them because they knew it wouldn't hurt them. Um, The fact that it's the first time it's been done in history, you know, not many people get to see one of those, but I think it sucks. Uh, I don't think this lady, uh, if everybody could go to Harvard, I think she'd be great. Um, oh, you, you know what's what's uh, interesting, what you said about the two Republicans. I had somebody in the green room at Fox News Channel, a friend of mine and a fellow lib, who said, you know what I think happened? And she lives in D.C. and is very much a Washington insider. She said, I think Murkowski and Collins went to Mitch McConnell and said, look, sorry, we can't support this. We're going to have to break ranks with the party, but we're up for re-election. we got to listen to our voters or we're going to you know, lose a seat and a Democrat could you know, get the seat. And McConnell says, don't worry about it. We got your back. That'll make it 50-50. We'll make sure no other Republicans uh, jump ship and Mike Pence will be the tiebreaker and uh, you know, we'll get Betsy confirmed. And that's what some people I've heard have said, one to me today, and I've heard others say it as well. So to your point, maybe that is what went down. Uh, Yeah, no, 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 I I agree. And I think, well, you tell me, does this prove that the GOP is spineless or afraid of Trump 
or uh, just cares to toe the party line and not listen to their constituents? Which is it, or is it all of the above? Uh, all of the above. All of the above, absolutely. And that's why it's so bad what's going on right now. The, the whole thing is just bad. Not just with, not just with her. Not just with this Betsy DeVos guy. I mean, she's a millionaire. A billionaire. That's what... That's what and gave want. money to some of these political GOP senators for their political campaigns, which is why I said she got what she paid for. Yeah, she got what she paid yeah, for. She, she bought a job on the cabinet. Hello, Citizens United. That's exactly what... Yeah, that's yeah. what we were trying to prevent, and a lot of very big Bernie supporters out there uh, wanted to prevent, so... Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be bitter and go back to the election of November 8th. We need to go forward. Anything else before I move to the next call? Uh, no, ma'am. Thank you for having me on. David, a, p- a pleasure. Call us again. Let's go okay, to Carolyn. Okay, I will. Thank you. Okay, let's go from uh, the uh, southwest to the northeast. Carolyn is on line two in Northampton, Massachusetts. Hi, Carolyn. Good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Thank you for your show. You do amazing work. Thank you. Um. So... Uh, I think an important part of this conversation that I'm not hearing enough about is that this woman is not only in charge of K through 12, but she's also handling like one trillion dollars worth of student loan debt, and she has zero experience in banking, in finance, in anything that is even closely related to <laughs> to debt management. I, I just don't understand. And what does this look like for the for the people like myself who have lots of student debt? You know, one of the concerns that you raise um, comes across the board with the questioning of of Betsy DeVos. And it seemed that she didn't understand all of the responsibilities as education secretary, one of which you speak of. She also didn't understand workings with regard specifically, if you remember, very, very, very heated back and forth with regard to children who were disabled who were in the public school system. And some of her, like, very nice politically correct answers don't cut it. They don't cut it, not just for Democrats. They don't cut it for the American people. And and that's one of the fears is that, like you point out, this is somebody who is extremely unqualified. And by the way, when there had to be tiebreakers in the past and when party uh, people from their party jumped ship and went to the other side, this was the reason individuals who are unqualified. Can I just add something? Um, mm-hmm. I love history. And I heard today something that I had heard somewhat, and I looked it up. Do you know when public education was first proposed and by whom and why? Do you know? I do not. John Adams. Mm -hmm. John Adams in the late 1800s said, and I'm paraphrasing, loosely quoting, that we the people need to provide a public education for our children, and we need to cover the cost of that. Since the late 18... So when people like to talk about our founding forefathers, our founding forefathers, at least one of them, was in favor of a public education system and in favor of the federal government footing the bill. Well, she has the potential to affect not just children, but millennials and the generation younger. And my partner is a, a middle public middle school teacher, and I have a significant amount of student loan debt. And this woman is going to affect us, um, and perhaps substantially. And it's really, she's totally unqualified. And I did call my senators, not just my own representatives. I called all around and... and um, it wasn't like that the, the representatives who were picking up the phone were that surprised 
that I asked them not to confirm this woman. It, it was like they had been picking these phone calls up all day. And I was calling GOP senators, of course. Um, well, what did they say? What did they say to you? I know they were probably annoyed. A lot of people were calling. You weren't the first, and you certainly weren't going to be the last when you hung up. But what was their response? Uh, their response was with a constituent of that state, um, and then it was they were really patient. They let me talk, which I was, you know, very grateful for, and that yes, they'd been hearing a lot of these phone calls, and yes, they would pass it on. It was that simple. And by the way, I don't mean to be rude, and I'm not urging anyone to be dishonest, but technically, with the way things are and hiding phone numbers, we any of us could say we're part of any district. Technically, you could. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything? Anything else? No. Uh, thank you again for your work, and I love your show. Okay, Carolyn, we love you being a part of it today. Call in again. Don't be a stranger. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Christian, line four, from Peterborough, England. Hey, Christian, how you doing? Good afternoon, mate. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. How are you, Leslie? Good. How are you doing? I'm fine. Um, I'd like to help you skip to the end of the story um, because of DeVos trying to privatize public services. The experience that we have here in Britain is we've tried privatizing a number of different things or contracting out to private services for things like the National Health Service and even the security at the Olympic Games in 2012. If you have pub private companies doing public service, they're much more interested in profit, as you might ex expect, than they are in actually providing the public service. And it could very well be that that's precisely what's going to happen to the education system. We've had, we've had a number, the types of things that DeVos talks about, the meddling with education that she talks about, and the lack of understanding. Well, the Tory government that we have here in the United Kingdom, they're, they're right up there with her. So it's, it, I, I would really urge everybody to just keep the pressure on her. You really don't want to go down this road. Um, we've been down it. It's not helping. And our PISA scores in terms of the uh, educational results that we get in the United Kingdom are not particularly good. And I don't think that any of the remedies that DeVos is going to apply is going to help you. Um, one final thing is, is that you talked about the, um, what is it that the Republicans, are they spineless or are they opportunistic or what? It looks like to me that they are looking at countries like Hungary and Russia, um, where you have elections, you have opposition parties, you have the theater of elections, but basically only one, only one party wins. And I think from their perspective, that's exactly the sort of thing, the scenario that they want. They're, it looks like they're consolidating power to that end. Very interesting. Very well said. God, I hope you'll call us again there. You're obviously an expat living um, overseas. Um, are you a parent as well, if you don't mind me asking, Christian? No, um, I've been involved in, uh, in Britain. What we have is, is a school governor system. So volunteers go and they help run the schools. And amongst these uh, governors are volunteers like myself, and there's also parent governors as well. The United Kingdom is trying to get rid of those. And part of it has to do with trying to virtually privatize the schools into what they call academies. There is no evidence to suggest that these academies are going to run any particularly better than a school that is integrated into the national education system has to adhere to the national curriculum. Um, I think that the vote is singing very old tunes. And these are not tunes that played very well in the long run. And the question is, is that why is, why is she allowed to do this? I think it's because the Republicans um, believe that, that they have decided to go whole hog and they'll go down with the ship. 
Yes, uh, unfortunately, and I, I love the way you began this, which is I'm going to tell you how the story ends. And that's really what those, myself included, who picked up the phone and said, don't do this, don't confirm this woman, um, you know, to, we knew Democrats weren't going to, uh, but to have to speak to Republicans out there uh, from, uh, you know, many districts I have lived in, to be very honest. Um, and then again, uh, they're not looking at the best interest of the children. I think what you say is the end of the story and what happened there in uh, England is uh, clear and very interesting what you said about Hungary and Russia. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Christian, do call us again, though. I know you're uh, overseas. I appreciate your time. Uh, let's continue. We go to Gilbert, Arizona, on line one with Nicole. Nicole, good afternoon. Oh, Nicole, we lost Nicole. And uh, did we lose Nicole? Or already go- no, we lost uh, Nicole. Nicole, give us a buzz back. Ishmael, line five in Manassas, Virginia. Ishmael, good afternoon. Leslie, thanks so much for taking my call. Uh, this is a really sad day. I have my kids in uh, public school. And, and what really bothered me that that so far we have not succeeded in, you know, we put up a good fight, but we did, we did not win. She got through. So so same thing with Tillerson. And I, I, it's just really um, uh, disturbing. This is a perfect example that we, that this is why we don't need any citizen united. We need to get rid of it, okay? The only reason why she got this job, she bought her way and she made a donation to RMC. Her brother is Eric Smith, who is owned Blackwater. You know, that's the only reason why she was uh, nominated. And it's really terrible. So, so I mean, her own, her own, she owned a, a student's loan company, too. I don't know if you guys know that. You can look it up. She owned a student's loan company, which most likely she's going to benefit, benefit from. And, and this is a perfect example that, that you know, it's just America's gone. I mean, this is, this is, you know, and I'm taking names of all the senators, okay? And I'm even for, in Virginia. In here, I'm every person that voted for her, I'm making, and I'm not going to vote for them in the next election. If I have to stand out in the Senate race, I will. But this is really terrible. Um, I uh, appreciate uh, your comments. Thank you very, very much, Ishmael. Always have, look forward to your contribution on the show. Let's go to Dave Line 3 in Humboldt County, California. Hi, Dave. Good afternoon. Hi. I'm, you know, I think in a democracy, we really hope that honest elections will produce candidates in government that will benefit the majority of the people. And my fear, and a lot of the callers, is that that's not what's happening at all. The role, like most of the whole cabinet, is there to benefit the very rich and to do so at the expense of the poor. That The rich people that can afford private education don't like paying taxes for public schools. So that's what it's all about. Take from the poor and give more to the rich. Well, this is what we see with the Republicans over and over. And speaking of rich, this is a woman who is extremely wealthy, has never been a part of the public education system. Her children didn't go to public school. She hasn't worked in the public education system. And again, what is the plan? What is the plan? I debated somebody on TV today said that Democrats have no plans. Really? Republicans are repealing health care and don't have a plan to replace it so much so they can't even repeal it. And this is the same with this woman who just wants to take a hatchet to the funding for public education, dismantle the system, and and, and change it entirely. We saw how difficult the Affordable Care Act uh, enrollment was, the rollout of that was. When you take a huge system on a 50-state, federal level, nationwide level, and try and overhaul or revamp it, it's going to have some problems. But when you're talking about our children and their minds, 
If we leave any children behind as a result of this, what will happen? You know what? I encourage you. Go to a prison. Interview the prisoners. I've done this. The majority of them dropped out of school because there's a direct correlation between a lack of education and crime. So what am I saying? If we dismantle the public school system and make it harder for children who are uh, poor or not as academically savvy, don't have the funds with the difference between the voucher and the cost of school, or in a rural area and don't have the physical transportation to get to one of those charter private schools Ms. DeVos loves, those children will be left behind, they will stay home, they won't be educated, and what will we do? I'm not talking about college. Plenty of people do well without college. I'm just talking about K through 12. What happens to those kids? What else do you do? I'm Leslie Marshall. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, are we doing more calls, Mark? Are we doing talk, talk, talk media news live from our nation's capital right after this? Stick around. Talk Media News. He is the UN correspondent for Talk Media News and live from New York at the UN there. Luke, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Um, For three weeks now, we have had silence from the State Department. Tell us what they're being silent about and why. Well, they have had no public press briefings. We actually learned today from the State Department press office that they will not do them for the entirety of this week, which means 21 working days and no need on the part of the State Department to brief the press about American foreign policy activities. Compare that to the fact that the White House, on the third day of the Obama presidency in 2009, was already briefing the press. We know there's no chief of staff at the State Department currently. There are basically no senior positions filled. There are 30 undersecretaries, the people who actually do the day-to-day work of this agency, which we haven't even had people nominated for. So a story today in Bloomberg thinks it could be until July when the State Department will be operating at full strength. A sign of how bad things are, Voice of America, which gets funding from the U.S. government, actually all its funding from the Broadcasting Board of Governors, had an editorial on this today saying it's unprecedented. They cited American uh, foreign you know, diplomats who are basically saying this is horrible because, you know, Islamic State is doing daily briefings now. We're not contesting the airwaves. So, so much for public diplomacy as one of the key pillars of the State Department's work. So if I may surmise that a bit... ISIS is giving us daily briefings. Uh, Sean Spicer is, but our own State Department is not for us or anyone abroad. Yeah, I mean, I will say, of all the press corps in the U.S., the State Department press corps is probably as sharp as it gets, even more so than the than the White House press corps, with all due respect. And I think uh, we have seen so many contradictions uh, within this new administration on foreign policy issues that it's going to be really difficult to convince, you know, any old uh, State Department diplomat to go out there and presume to know what Donald Trump thinks about all of these foreign policy topics. So I think that's one of the reasons they've been holding off. But boy, it's really starting to be a a suspicious and significant uh, absence of sort of 
the public diplomacy wing of the State Department. And could it be that the Secretary of State really doesn't agree with the president with regard to uh, refugees, or at least what many consider a Muslim ban? Let me segue that into refugees yeah. are fleeing the United States into Canada. Uh, we only have 30 seconds. Luke, will have you back <laughs> another time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those few minutes go by fast. Luke Vargas, Talk Media News, live from the United Nations in New York. He is the U.N. correspondent for T- Talk Media News. I'm Leslie Marshall. Always more to come right here on the only true democracy in talk radio.